a decade of social media and viral moments, and a few ways to set goals and intentions for the new year. Welcome to Working Girl Talk. Welcome back to Working Girl Talk. This is the 35th episode and the last episode of 2019. Cannot believe it. It has gone by so fast. We're 35 episodes in. Thank you so much for listening every week. And if you're new to the show, welcome. Happy to have you. So this, since it is the last episode of 2019, we're going to do things a little bit different. So typically right here, I do the news of the week. So top stories that you need to know about. But since it's going to be a new decade next week, we're doing a review of social media over the past decade and a few other viral moments that we can't forget about and some pop culture things that are truly defining for this past decade. So let's dive in in 2010. So in 2010, Apple releases the original iPad in the iPhone 4. It's crazy that that was just 10 years ago, how much we've come so far in that space. We The iPhone 11 just got released recently and iPad is definitely not the original iPad anymore. We've had a lot of improvements since then. So also in October of 2010, Instagram launches. So Instagram will be 10 years old in 2020. So crazy to think about that, that 10 years ago, we were just diving into this thing that's probably consuming most of our lives, probably check it on the daily. But there was a time where we didn't have it. Uh, Also, and then fun fact for 2010 as well, around that time in September, Lady Gaga debuted the famous meat dress, which caused a lot of buzz on Twitter as well as Google search. A lot of buzz over that meat dress. Whether you liked it, whether you didn't, it was definitely memorable. Also during this time, we were planking. That was an internet phenomenon, people taking planking to the extreme. It was even featured in an episode of The Office where they're all planking around The Office, if you remember that. And that was a big social media challenge. I guess one of the first social media challenges, you could say, along with next up in in this 2010 rolling over into 2011 would be the T-bowing. So remember that T-bowing, that pose where you bow your head down and do that Tim Tebow pose because after I touched down or anything, he'd kind of like bend down and I think he was praying, uh, but people kind of took it as like that winning moment. So that T-bowing was all across. Everyone was doing it. So that T-bowing moment was happening around then as well. And then a very memorable, like a life-changing experience happens in 2011. You ready? Justin Bieber's movie Believe comes out. <laughs> so that's what was happening then. Bieber was just getting on the scene. That movie came out. And honestly, I, he got so many fans from that. Just if you remember, Believe turned me turned everyone into a fan and myself included also around this time we had rebecca Black's song friday so in february of 2011 that song friday went viral on youtube and other social media sites and it was dubbed the worst song ever quote unquote sad it's funny because on wikipedia when i was looking it up it said the song's video was uploaded to youtube february 10th 2011 and received approximately a thousand views in the first month which at first i was like that's not really that viral but it went viral in march so the following month and got millions of views within days. So we're seeing that trend of viral moments happening on YouTube, but also kind of that side of, is that such a good thing with all the negative backlash she got? 
And then in July 2011, Snapchat launches. What a memorable time. I still remember when Snapchat came out that it was such a weird, honestly, just a weird idea that, oh, like it'll disappear. Your pictures will disappear. So that launched in 2011. And then skipping ahead to April 9th, 2012, Kevin Sistrom and Mike Krieger sold their 13-person startup that I mentioned earlier called Instagram to Facebook. Facebook purchased Instagram 18 months after its launch for $1 billion. They paid $300 million in cash and the rest in Facebook stock, according to Business Insider. So that huge deal went down and honestly changed our lives forever. Wouldn't you agree? (laughs) So that really started all of the algorithm. And I feel like that's really what launched a lot of the influencer space too. Not that Instagram wouldn't have gone that route eventually, but I think I expedited it for sure because I think I've talked about it before, but on the podcast, How I Built This, where they interview the Instagram creators, it really was designed to be a photography app, like for photographers to share and share their different photos. So it just had a completely different, like not business side at all as it does now with Facebook as the owner. So that was huge in 2012 and we're still feeling the impacts today. So then we have in January, 2013, Vine launches. Oh man, the good old days with Vine. I myself tried to be a Viner and I'm kind of glad those videos are gone because the app was, it was, it quit after a few years. But Vine had, Vine, for those of you that don't remember, was an app that you can make these like six second little videos. And you had to be so comedic to be able to like nail down a joke or like something funny or like meaningful in these short videos. So you really had to be good. And a lot of these YouTubers that we see now started out on Vine and a lot of these famous Instagrammers that we see now started out on Vine. That's where they got their start. So I don't know if you remember King Bach, King Batch, I think that's how you say it. Um, he now is like in some Netflix movies. He says he has a huge Instagram account. I remember when he was making stuff on Vine and I believe that's where the Paul, like Logan Paul, like all the YouTuber, uh, got his start as well. So a lot of people got their start on Vine. So this is a pretty big deal in 2013. And I still remember sitting there bored summer of 2013, making those Vine videos. <laughs> and it I didn't, nothing came of it. (laughs) I'll try to dig them up sometime. Um, And then also in 2013, we had the Harlem Shake. So a popular dance that, that was popular on social. And in 2013, Netflix starts streaming House of Cards. This is its first original content. Also this year, Profiles launch. So that's when we all started mooching off our parents or whoever had the Netflix account. Profiles launched in 2013. So that's where the mooching began. And then in 2013, heading into 2014, Flappy Bird, the game in the App Store, is created and launched. So in 2013, the game Flappy Bird was created and released in the App Store. It didn't gain popularity until 2014 in January, which it gained crazy popularity. I don't know if you remember the Flappy Bird phase, but everyone was playing Flappy Bird and it was the most downloaded free game in the App Store at the end at the end of January 2014 and during that period the developer for Flappy Bird said it was earning $50,000 a day from in-app advertisements as well as sales so it was huge i still remember Flappy Bird it was a good time you had to get that little yellow bird flying so you'd tap the screen a bunch and 
yeah, that was really it. <laughs> but, but it was super addictive, which is interesting because it did not last long. I still remember the Flappy Bird was actually removed from both the App Store and the Google Play Store by the creator on February 10th, 2014, due to guilt over what he considered to be addictive and overuse of the app, which is crazy. So he got a lot of money in those few weeks and then just decided to pull it. Eventually, they did release some revised version of the game, but not like that I feel like because we didn't really hear too much about it but that was a crazy few weeks and Flappy Bird really just took over. Also in 2013 Sarah Blakely the founder of Spanx is the youngest self-made woman on Forbes billionaires list at age 42 and more updates on that list as we go on. So then in summer 2014 we had the ALS ice bucket challenge who remembers seeing those videos so in order to raise awareness for ALS, people would dump a bucket of ice cold water on themselves and the ice bucket challenge was born. Also it, that year in April, Musical.ly was launched. So that kind of took over everyone's lives as well, more for a younger generation. I personally never used that. People I know didn't, but younger people did. So that's like where you sing along to music and it recorded you. <laughs> it sounds crazy as I'm describing all of these crazy apps, but that's that's us. Uh, in November 2014, so as the year is winding down, we had the, ter- the new term, which we had never heard before, would break the internet due to Kim Kardashian's cover on Paper Magazine, where it's her backside and there's like the champagne bottle and it's like Kim Kardashian break the internet issue. And that's where that term came from. And it eventually got used on all social media, went viral, as well as that term getting featured in a Disney movie, Wreck-It Ralph 2, or it's Ralph Breaks the Internet. So that term just caught fire and really went viral. And last thing in 2014, Apple's standalone podcast app went native um, with iOS 8, elevating the medium to the highest level of public visibility, according to Wired. Around this time, a little show called Serial premiered. This series was the fastest podcast to reach 5 million downloads and streams in Apple's history, in which I... I think a lot of what we know as mainstream podcasting today can attribute to serial. For me, that was like the first time I heard about podcasting and like people were talking about it and like almost like a TV show. Like, oh, did you hear that? What do you think of this? And that I feel like really put podcasting on the map. Obviously, podcasting was around for around 10 years before that, but more I feel like in niche groups. But this really put podcasting on the map and I think kind of helped set it off to explode in the last decade. 2015, we had the blue and black dress or the golden white dress. I saw the blue and black dress. If you don't know what I'm talking about, just Google blue and black dress, you'll find it. So it was this viral picture of this dress in a department store, and some people can see it as black and blue. Other people saw it as gold and white. So, and I remember it was still, it was on the news. It was everywhere trying to figure out why this was happening and what you could see. So, and a few things have popped up over the years on this same thing. Like, oh, do you see this color or that color? But this was the one to start them all. Then we move on to 2016 in the summer, Pokemon Go launches. See, I feel like that was such like a unifying time because I still remember like everyone like in college, like, oh, we need to go like find Pokemon Go like let's go find Pokemon at the park and then we went to the park like this local park in Arizona and 
everyone was there. It was crowded because everyone was playing Pokemon Go. Like it was crazy. So Pokemon Go was an it's it was and still is an augmented reality game. So it encourages players to get up and catch them all out in real life. So it quickly became the top grossing app in the US within 13 hours of its release. Nintendo's market value went up $9 billion within five days. Pokemon Go is the biggest mobile game in US history. It beat Candy Crush, Draw Something, and Clash Royale. And at the time, users were spending 45 minutes a day playing Pokemon Go. That game just took over. It was crazy and also kind of launched this whole virtual reality, augmented reality in the app version and also made it really mainstream because everyone was playing it. And it really just brought us together, I guess. Also, it brought some controversy as well um, with people um, getting in danger because they're so distracted by their phones. As with anything, bad can come, but that was a really interesting time. Also in July of 2016, Stranger Things premieres on Netflix, which as seasons go on has drawn record numbers for Netflix. And in August 2016, Instagram launches stories. So it's crazy to imagine a time when Instagram didn't have stories, but in August 2016 is when that's when we first got them and I still remember I was like when will I ever use this like I'm not gonna watch that but now that's like probably the part of the platform that I like the most. Instagram stories originally started at kind of as an answer to Snapchat uh, com competing there because it is very similar because they disappear within 24 hours so that was their answer to that and now we have it and that's a huge staple of the platform and going on with this 2016 flashback TikTok launches in September 2016 and now we know just a few years later that it's one of the fastest growing apps around the world in its first three years after its launch it has 500 million active users and counting. I'm, I'm sure in the 2030 or the 2029 episode of Working Girl Talk, I'll be talking about like, remember when TikTok just launched? <laughs> and it'll probably be a big staple in our lives by then. Also in October 2016, we had the mannequin challenge, mostly done by athletic teams on Instagram. So the mannequin challenge was a viral internet video where, where people stand frozen like mannequins and it's kind of like acting out a scene mostly and the camera moves around them while it plays the song most often Black Beatles by Ray Shrummerd. And most of this was done by athletic teams. Everyone jumped in on it. A lot of high schools did it. Um, it was awesome and it was actually pretty fun. So if you forgot what that looked like, type in mannequin challenge videos on YouTube. Go check them out because that was a fun time. Also in 20. 16, toward the end of 2016 in October, we had Vine shutting its doors. So Vine shut down then. Diving into 2017, Lady Gaga had her Super Bowl halftime show performance, which was awesome. But also the internet part of it was that at the end, she jumped off the stage and disappeared. And like, it looked like she just jumped off into nothing. That became a really, really popular gif at the time and a part of a lot of memes with over 47 million views and counting. Also in 2017, Beyonce posted her pregnancy announcement. It was a famous picture she's kneeling and she has that sh golden shawl draped over her. It was the most liked Instagram post of 2017 and that pretty much broke the internet as well. <laughs> also in 2017, we can't forget the greatest showman premieres and changed our lives for the better. <laughs> 
Moving on to 2018, we had moth memes. Type them in if you forgot. I miss those days. We had a Yanny or Laurel. So that was similar to a black the black and blue dress, gold and white dress phenomenon. It was a recording and you didn't know if it was saying Yanny or Laurel. It could it was sounded different to other different people so that was kind of another one of those challenges that brought us all together again also in 2018 kylie jenner had her secret pregnancy and released the video which to this day has over 88 million views on youtube titled to our daughter and i that was huge on instagram just blew up. Moving into 2019, we had the world record egg. So in January 2019, I can't believe that was just the beginning of this year, we had a picture of a brown egg on Instagram saying, hey, we want to beat Kylie Jenner's Instagram record. Let's do this. Let's see how many likes we can get. And they did it. So the egg is now the most liked picture on Instagram still. Currently, that picture has over 54 million likes. So in in under 10 days, it reached 18.4 million likes and which became the most liked Instagram post of all time. And then it continued to rise over 45 million likes in the next 48 hours. That blew up. And then eventually the egg turned into like a mental health account, kind of like, oh, we all crack under pressure of social media trying to be for a good cause. Also this year, we had the Forbes cover, the iconic of, I'm talking about Kylie Jenner a lot today, of Kylie Jenner of being at 21, Kylie Jenner becomes the youngest self-made billionaire ever. So that was big news this year. Also in meme culture, we had Storm Area 51, which I talked about on the podcast a few months ago around the August-September timeframe where we had a lot of Area 51 memes, a lot of talk about that. And then coming to now, we're in the middle of Baby Yoda memes. We're in the middle of a lot of new Instagram filters. A lot of these startups are going public on the stock market. So if you've been listening to Working Girl Talk recently, you're all in the know of what's going on right now. So that's a fun little review. We've had a lot of fun stuff happen in the viral space and the social space. There's so much more of this, but I could go on forever. So that is a little bit of the social media review of the past decade. Hope you enjoyed thinking back on some of these fun moments. So now diving into our Working Girl topic of the week, I want to talk about goal and intention setting, especially as this new year's around the corner to really start off the new year right. Some people love new year's resolutions. A lot of people don't though. And I hear a lot of negative feedback about it. Like, oh, if you want to do something, you would just do it now or do it. Yes, that's true. But I think a new year is a great time to reflect on your accomplishments of the past year and plan ahead. If you don't have a plan, the likelihood of you getting something done is very low, especially as we head into this new decade too. It's a great time to set some goals and start planning. And as we just heard, a lot can happen in 10 years. So let's get to planning. <laughs> so, and I know I don't want to stress anyone out because I know goal setting intentions, oh, that can be really overwhelming for people, but I've broken it down a few different ways to hopefully help you ease into goal planning and intention setting a lot easier as we head into the new year. So let's go over step by step. First off, as we head into this week of going into a new year, new decade, write down your accomplishments from the last year. 
it's important to be grateful and enjoy how far you've come. We get very much in the mindset of go, go, next goal, next goal. Oh, I'm just going to start writing down my goals for the next year and not even in processing. Wait, what has happened this year? So write down all your accomplishments this past year, big or small, and really just have that gratitude. As we talked about two episodes ago, that gratitude is super important for your mental well-being and also for interactions with other people. So it's great to enjoy the moment, reflect on the positive things that you've gotten done this year because you have, even though maybe that you didn't feel like you did a lot this year, you did. So reflect on that and enjoy it and be grateful. Once you've gotten that done, pick a word for the year. I got this idea from two of my friends, Aaron Kong and Danielle Gannon, who both pick words of the year. And I really loved that idea. So when you list out everything you need to get done, it can be a little overwhelming and you may just forget about certain things. That's life. So if you pick a strong word of the year, it's like your theme for the year, then you have all your goals, your intentions, everything to set back to that. And honestly, even this, once you do that, you could even stop there if you didn't want to get too nitty-gritty you could just say this is my word for the year and leave it at that I'm going to keep going and dial down each more but if going more than that overwhelms you just stick with that so an example would be my word for the year is action so that's really going to be my mantra I'm always going to take action maybe I've been feeling like I've been lazy or maybe not as motivated that's going to be my word of the year so something like that or my word of the year is going to be brilliant I'm going to work on self-improvement on education things like that to um, really feel brilliant a word like that that's strong and powerful that means something to you and something that's kind of like your theme for the year so think about that for a bit look up synonyms for words just Google strong words maybe or inspirational quotes and find words within there and find your word of the year. So dialing in even more to that. So after you picked your word for the year, my recommendation is list out the major goals you want to accomplish this year. No more than 15 goals. After 15, it gets way too overwhelming. So these are your major goals for the year. Like I'm going to start a podcast. I'm going to build a website. I'm going to do 20 pull-ups. I'm going to remodel the bathroom. So these are like your bigger goals that you want to get done still tactical like oh this is like an actual thing not just be a nice person no it's right in my gratitude journal but it's more of like a bigger scale so we're not dialing into those daily things yet so list out these major goals no more than 15 also you could pick your word do these 15 and let it be there and just know you need to get those done but i'm going to take it a step further dial it down even more with monthly benchmarks to accomplish these goals so i would say around three to six intentions per month so if one of my goals is to build a website this year in 2020 my first intention one of my intentions in january is going to be buy a domain name that's it so this goes this is important because you have if you want to build a website in this example we're using there's a lot of stuff that goes into that and if it's just general like i'm going to build a website there's so much that goes into that you won't even do anything because it's just too much like oh where do i even begin so you need to break your bigger goals down break them up into small actionable things you can actually get done so then once you do look at the year as a big big picture you did build the website but you did little things to get you there along the way because the whole point of this is to not make you overwhelmed it's to make you organized so and this smaller step also gives you confidence to um, tackle your bigger steps and these bigger goals altogether because you're getting stuff done if you feel like you're not accomplishing anything you'll just avoid it altogether so that 
that's a great way to do that. So three to six intentions for each month. And then at the end of the month, review your list. If you need to have extra accountability, tell a friend what your goals are for the month or even hold yourself accountable by creating calendar invites for specific tasks if you want to get really specific by this certain date i'm getting this done or gmail does have a feature now where you can schedule emails so something that i think is kind of fun it (laughs) fun if you want to call it that is scheduling an email to yourself for the end of the month so write down your three to six intentions for the month like what they are and schedule that email to be sent to your email So just email yourself, schedule that for the end of the month. So then you get that reminder like, oh yeah, did I do these things? So you kind of can look and review where you're at, what you've done, if you need to have those carry over to the next month or if you need, if you can set new intentions for the following month. And also while you're setting goals, don't forget the classic goal setting methodology, SMART goals. They're a little overused now, but their principle is so true and so helpful. So SMART goals are specific, measurable, attainable, realistic and timely. Like I said earlier, if I just say build an online presence or like become an Instagram influencer, how do you even do that? No, it needs to be specific. So I'm going to build an Instagram account, measurable. I'm going to get this many followers by this date, attainable. What's actually realistic? How many followers or what can my engagement be? How do I do that? And then timely. So having limits for yourself. By this date, I will have bought my domain name and downloaded integrated Google Analytics. So stuff like that, that you can actually check off items. I, I like to think of things as checklists. Like if I can't write it down as an item to be checked off, then it's not going to serve me at all. So think of it as a checklist, make sure they're smart goals and dial it down as much as you want. So you can keep it to just that intention for the year. We can do those specific 15 goals for the year, break it down by quarter, break it down by month. You can even break it down by specific dates of the Google calendar. So it's up to you. But listing your goals is a great exercise, no matter how intent you want to be with goal setting like an exercise like this it's just a good way to get the mind flowing and to embrace your gratitude and confidence so for my friday favorite this week i'm going to leave you with some inspiring quotes as we head into the new year so this is coming coming from the pinterest vault so here we go each day you must choose the pain of discipline or the pain of regret a small start is still a start. That was a working girl talk graphic. <laughs> it takes 20 years to make an overnight success. Eddie Cantor said that. Some are lost in the fire and some are built from it. As you wind down 2019, take a look back at previous Working Girl Talk episodes to step into the new year right and with confidence. We've had a lot of great episodes this year, and I can't wait for what's to come in 2020. If anything resonated with you today, please leave a review, rate, and subscribe to the podcast, and share with a friend if you know that they need to hear something like this or something from a past episode. Thank you for listening. I'll talk to you next week slash next year.